Welcome to the Vine Church. We look forward to experiencing community with you. If you'd like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at thevinegoshen.org. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, everyone. Hey, my name is Travis. I'm the lead pastor here at The Vine. Uh, real quick thing as we get started, uh, we are taking last minute signups for our Vine leadership, uh, Vine Next, uh, that we are doing. And so what this means is by March 1st, if you are interested in being a part of our leadership development program that we run here, uh, Jordan or myself. So Jordan was the guy who was playing drums here a little bit ago. Uh, he leads worship here on Sundays. If you come and talk to one of us, we can get you signed up. But there's still some spaces available. We would love to have you be a part of it. And it is to help you grow in your spiritual leadership. And so you don't have to be a leader already to jump in on that. Okay. So with no further ado, let me pray and then we will jump into our message. So Holy Spirit, would you come this morning? Would you speak to us? Father, would you help me to get out of your way and that you would use this morning to, to just speak right to our hearts? God, that each and every person here would walk away with something practical and tangible that they could apply to their life that would help move their life forward in some way. Holy Spirit, would you just continue to move and work in our hearts, Lord, uh, in the areas of healing and, and in just all of the ways that you want to, to minister to us this morning. Lord, that you'd be glorified through everything we do. In your name we pray. Amen. So um, all of us probably here have experienced a form of relationship at some point in our lives, right? Like whether that be like a marriage relationship, whether that be like a dating relationship or a friendship or a relationship with a family member, right? And so would you agree that like we've all experienced at least some form of relationship, right? Um, but let me ask you this. How many of you here have ever experienced like tension in a relationship? How about like maybe even brokenness in a relationship? Or maybe even a relationship that has completely failed in some way? I think most of us here probably somewhere along the way have experienced a failed relationship. And, and was it painful? Right? It was probably a painful experience or a painful process to walk through. And I, and I will say this, like not all relationships, like I, I, because it takes two people for a relationship to move forward, there are relationships that have fallen apart at times because one side was doing the work and the other one wasn't, right? And so, so even though we've maybe experienced some failures in relationships, I think sometimes those things happen and 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 we can't always control the outcome. But I think for most relationships we experience, we can experience actual wholeness and connectedness. And, and even within the context of relationship, experience a God-centered relationship that will move forward. I think most relationships can and will move forward. But the question for us is how? How does this happen? How do we move a relationship forward in a healthy way? 
And so my kids, I have three children, and my children have actually helped me in the area of relationship. As I have like related to my children, they've actually helped me grow as I've learned how to relate to other people. And so here's what I mean. My children, they, they sometimes will remind me to be what's called fun dad. Anybody know what I'm talking about or fun mom? Right? Like, like, as opposed to serious dad, which apparently I tend to be more often than I would like. Or, or sometimes when things are bad and I'm, you know, not on my A game, maybe even come across like angry dad. Anybody be angry dad or angry? Right? And so, like, we don't like to be that. But the reality is kids are helpful because they remind us, like, hey, lighten up. Life should also be a little bit fun. And we should sometimes be fun dad. And so uh, here's an example. My, my daughter and I, we have this thing that we do pretty regularly. And in the mornings, as we're like getting ready and we're having breakfast, we'll, we'll like start singing the dumbest songs. Like literally, we just make up like words to like whatever tune comes into our brain that day. And so like, it's hilarious. But like the other day we were singing about like toast, for instance. And it, it went something like, ah, oh, toast, toast. Uh, and we probably sang it to like, my toast brings all the boys to the yard. Anyways, it was something like that. It was just stupid and dumb and it was fun. But that was kind of the thing that was going on and we were just laughing and we we're having fun. And then all of a sudden I look over and my two-year-old Judah, he looks at us with this look on his face like, oh, I'm in. I, like you are speaking my language right now. And so he's like over there kind of like bebopping and we're like singing about toast and he starts chiming in his own song and he starts singing about sweaty hot dogs. <laughs> I have no idea where in the world he came up with this. I don't know where he heard it. I don't know where... It was not from me, okay? He did not hear it from me. And so he, he starts singing about sweaty hot dogs, and we're singing about toast, and, and it's just hilarious. And us weirdos are just like doing our thing, being just strange together. But here's what was happening. It was something beautiful. We were actually having connection and relationship. And why was this happening? Why was this working? Why were we just being a bunch of weirdos together? It was because we'd created a culture in that moment, in our family context, where we all felt safe enough to be who we were, to be ourselves. And in that moment, I was allowed to be the strange little man that I apparently am. My daughter was allowed to be the strange little self that she is. Actually, she's not as weird as I am. And then Judah, of course, he's just a weird two-year-old. They're just our, they're all weirdos. But, right, but it was beautiful, and in that moment, we were actually drawn into deeper connection and deeper relationship. And you see, there are some things that when we create a safety within the culture and context of relationship that will actually move our relationships forward. And so that's what I want to talk about this morning is how we can start to form those kind of things within the context of our friendships and in our marriages and in our relationship with our kids and our family members and all of the different places that we relate where we can create that safety and connectedness and we can form genuine love and affection for one another. And so if you have a Bible, turn with me this morning to Romans 12, verse 9. 
Romans 12, verse 9. Now, this is the Apostle Paul, and he's, he's writing this letter, and he gives us a pretty challenging statement here. He says, don't just pretend to love others. I'll read it again. Don't just pretend to love others, but really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with what? Genuine affection. And take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. In this passage, I believe there are some key things that we can pull out that will help us within the context of our relationships. And so I want to talk about three things that are found in this passage that will help us. And so the first is this. Fake it till you make it doesn't work with relationships. Fake it till you make it doesn't work with relationships. Now, in business, this is a pretty common term, like, well, fake it till you make it. And, and there may be some ways that that can be applied in, in other parts of life. But in relationships, it just doesn't work. How many of you can spot a fake person a million miles away? Yeah, I know some of you out there, right? Like, you, you just see it, and you're like, you don't care. You're, you're a little fake. We can see through facade and, and often through what is fake. But this passage, it says, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. And then it says, love each other with genuine affection. Like authentic affection towards one another. When I was growing up, there was this lady that, that went to our church, and, and I knew her quite well, but um, she, she was from down south, and she, she talked like she was down south, and, you know, she, she kind of had a little bit of a twang to her voice, and when she said things like, oh, aren't you a sweet little thang? It wasn't thing, it was thang, right? That's how she talked, and it was wonderful. I loved the way that she talked, and, but she also kind of would betray herself a little bit, in like, she had this thing that she would say when she wasn't so fond of somebody. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. It's, oh, well, bless their sweet little heart, right? And you know, like translated, that meant like, oh, look at them, they're sweet little dum-dum, right? That's kind of what it meant. And, and, and so like, you kind of knew when she was talking, like who she liked and who she didn't like, or at the very least, like who she was kind of annoyed with. Oh, look at you, you sweet little thing, right? And that's kind of how she would talk. But see, don't we do that too? Now, maybe ours isn't so obvious, but like we have interactions with people, let's be honest, where we're like, man, oh, bless their little heart. And the truth is, we wrestle with this. All of us probably do. Where we like read a passage like this and we're like, dude, Paul, like, what? Like, this is, this is hard. Like, you're telling us like to really love them. Like, not just pretend, but like, like not just be nice to them. Like, because I can do nice. But like to really love them, that's a little different. That's a little deeper. That's a little more challenging. How do we love people? Is this an impossible task that Paul has given us? No, I don't think so. I don't think this is an impossible task. 
I think Paul is simply helping us understand that in order to truly and authentically love others, especially the ones that are challenging to love, there has to be genuine transformation in our hearts. That's where it starts. It starts when God changes our hearts and helps us to love others in such a genuine way. There has to be transformation. And so if you're taking notes, here's something that you could write down. We can only effectively love those that are difficult to love to the measure we understand how much God has loved us. We can only effectively love those who are difficult to love to the measure we understand how much God has loved us. You see, when we understand how much God loves us, it changes our hearts. There's transformation that takes place. And we begin to see how much God loves other people. And it changes kind of how we love people. Where our love should flow through knowing God's love and what he sacrificed for us in love, that that in this process, we would truly begin to grasp the idea that people shouldn't have to earn our love, but our love should be an extension of God's love for others. And it should be freely given because it's God's love for us, within us, overflowing out of us. And it was freely given to us. So here's a quick exercise that we can kind of put into motion in our lives. If if you want to grow in the area of genuinely loving the people around you, because like we just admitted, like it's challenging sometimes. And so this is like something we have to kind of practice, something we have to get better at. And it flows from God's love for us. And so here's just a five-minute exercise that you can do, and you can do it anywhere. as, As long as you can kind of pull away from people for a minute, you need five minutes, and you can do this. You can do it at work. You can do it in your car. It doesn't matter where you do it. But here's what you do. I even made it rhyme for you. Reflect, connect, and project. Okay, wow, there you go. Rhyming, hey, it's nice. It's a tool. Uh, So the first minute, here's what you do. You reflect. You reflect on how much God loves you. But get specific. What are some specific things God has done in your life? Oh man, God, God saved me from my sin. That's a pretty big one. Wow, God changed my life. I used to be a mess and now I'm, Less of a mess. I'm still a mess, but I'm less of a mess. Wow, God, God. In your life that you can be thankful for. So that's reflect. Then we connect. We take two minutes and we connect with the heart of God. Here's, here's a simple prayer that I pray pretty regularly, and I, I pray it in about three different ways. So, so it's essentially this. God, would you make me more than I naturally am so that I could love those more than I naturally would? Okay, that, so that's one way that I pray this prayer. Another way that I pray this prayer is, God, would you fill me with love so that I can love the people around me well? 
So you connect with God. But prayer is a conversation, so it doesn't go just one way. So I would encourage you is, is spend as much time praying that prayer as you do listening. Just listen to see if you hear something that maybe God would want to share with you in that minute. And then lastly, we put it into action by projecting. So we project this out into other people's lives. And so here's, here's what that looks like. It's intentionally looking for ways to show God's love to other people. And we can do this in a number of different ways. We can serve them, we can encourage them, or we can bless them, right? Give a coworker 50 bucks, that'll bless them, right? Look around you and see if there's a way that you could serve somebody to show them love. Maybe it's encourage them. Maybe somebody's having a bad day and you could just lean in and, and just encourage them in some way. Whatever it looks like, it's reflect, connect, and project. And as we do these things, in five minutes, we can move from a place of kind of like struggling to love somebody to having a little more love in our hearts for them. Because again, this love is not coming from the overflow of your love. It's actually coming from the overflow of God's love within you, overflowing out of you, right? Second thing I want to pull out of our passage this morning is this. Patience and prayer are the glue to any godly relationship. Patience and prayer are the glue to any godly relationship. Or I put good relationship, right? Like if you want to have a good relationship, it's going to take some patience and some prayer. Let's be honest. How many of you have ever had this experience where you're like, man, I, I love them, but if they say that thing one more time, <laughs> like, yeah, right? Or, or like, oh gosh, I, they're, they're like the best, but if they do that thing, just one, right? Like we sometimes get underneath each other's skin just a little bit. <laughs> and, and I'm just talking like to those of you that are married, right? Like, like we get this. Like we don't always operate in the sphere of doing everything we should all of the time. Therefore, we have the opportunity to offend, to misunderstand, to say something hurtful, say something that lands a little bit hard. Man, and, and it's in these moments that patience rules the day. And then that prayer takes it a step further. My wife and I, we were, we were in one of these moments uh, probably about midway through the years that we've been married. And we, we had started to have some kids and we had one in diapers and one that was kind of like in the potty training phase the, and it wasn't going well. And like we, you know, lots of like middle of the night changing bed sheets and like, you know, five, 10 times a night, you know, it's just miserable. And so you're doing all those things and like people be like, oh my gosh, isn't, isn't raising kids such a blessing? We're like, no, no, I, I don't know that I agree with you. Right. And we were kind of just in the thick of it. And in that moment, what we were finding was that we were biting at each other in all these little ways. Now we loved each other so much, but we would like say something that we thought was a little pebble 
And as it flew out of our mouth, like a flock of doves, it would land in the other person's lap like a boulder. And we would just say things or, or we would do something and it, and it would just like grind at the gears of our relationship. And so over time, we, we kind of hit this point where we're like, man, this isn't what we want our marriage to look like. Like we want a good marriage. Like here's my philosophy of marriage. If you're going to be married, you might as well have a good one, right? And, and that was our philosophy. We're like, but it's not good right now. Like we're okay and we're surviving, but it's not good. And so we decided to kind of make a change. And it was in this moment that we realized that, that a marriage isn't unlike a bank account. Where when you do or say something that grinds the gears of the relationship, it's like a withdrawal from the bank account. But then when we do something to encourage or love or, or lift up or, or to serve our spouse in some way, or any relationship for that matter, it's like a deposit into that relationship. And so when we would say something like, hey, uh, are you going to ever do the dishes? <laughs> Withdrawal. And if you're young and married, don't say that. It's so, it doesn't work, just so you know. I learned that one. Um, or, or like in the morning, when the kids are crying and you're both laying in bed and you're both acting like you don't hear it. Yeah? Uh-huh. Yeah, I know what that's like. The one who gets up and takes care of the kids, deposit. Cha-ching. The one who stayed in bed, withdrawal. <laughs> but do you see how this works? And now I'm using my marriage as an example, but any relationship is the same. When we do things that hurt or harm or, or even minor infractions, they're withdrawals. But when we do things that encourage and lift up and serve and bless, they deposit. And over time, if we go too long with a lot of withdrawals and not enough deposits, eventually we find ourselves bankrupt. And it takes a lot more to come out of bankruptcy than it does to stay out of bankruptcy. Let me tell you. And so one of the things we learned in this season was that, that when we were patient with the other person, deposit, cha-ching, like I'd come home from work and I, I, I'd worked a super long day and I, I get home and, and I walk in the door and in that moment, Jenica's, you know, had been taking care of the kids all day. And if, if I walked in the door in that moment and I said something that I probably never said, but just hypothetically, um, like, hey, uh, what's for dinner? Withdrawal. But if I walked in the door and said, hey, honey, um, you probably haven't had a chance to look at dinner yet, but what if we, what if we went out to dinner? Or what if, what if I made dinner? Holy cow. Deposit. But if I came home and I did the first one, and Jenica decided, I'm going to be patient right now. Travis is being stupid right now but I'm going to be patient. 
guess what? Deposit. And what we found was when we were patient with each other, because we're not perfect, it would deposit into our marriage. But then, oh, here was like the secret weapon. We also found that when we would come together and we would pray for our marriage, for our children, for our, our life and the things we were wrestling through, whatever it was that we, we prayed for, we just came together and we prayed. Guess what? It was like, cha-ching, 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 deposit. But it wasn't like one coin. It was like this multiplier where for some reason, when we included God into our relationship, it somehow multiplied beyond anything we could ever deposit on our own. And so patience and prayer can be the glue that holds any relationship together. Have you ever prayed with your friends? I tell you what, if you haven't, you're missing out. Because there's something powerful that happens when we include the God of heaven, the God of the universe, in those relationships. It's a powerful, powerful thing. But you, I promise, will have opportunity over and over again in any relationship to be patient. The third thing that, that I want to pull out of this passage this morning is this. Relationships built with honor overcome hardship. Relationships built with honor, they overcome hardship. Every relationship we have will eventually face some form of hardship, whether that be misunderstanding, frustration, whether that be an insecurity thing, whether we say something wrong or do something wrong, every relationship will eventually have something that causes some tension within the relationship. What's interesting about many of these, these tensions and challenges we have in our relationships is that they are often driven by fear. Fear of what could happen. Fear of what might not happen. Or did you know that insecurity is like another form of fear? And there's so many other ways that this fear can play out within the context of our relationships. But the Bible, it, it teaches us this incredible thing, that perfect love, like the kind that's found in Jesus, it actually drives out our fear. And specifically in relationships, it'll drive the fear out of our relationships. So earlier we talked about that safe context when we can create safety in our relationships, part of creating safety is that we drive out fear with love. And the result is fear is displaced and honor is like the thing that takes its place. As we begin to honor others, it shows them how much we love and we value others. Honor is like gas in the fuel tank. <laughs> By the way, this morning, practical example, I almost ran out of fuel on my way to church. It was awesome. 
it would have been great if somebody had walked up and said, here's a can of fuel, right? But instead, I had to borrow a guy's $10 and fill up my tank. It was really embarrassing. Anyways, another story for another day. But fuel in the tank, it's a good thing. Honor is like that. Honor is like a cool wind on a hot day. Or let me speak your language. Honor is like a cup of warm coffee on a cold Sunday morning. It's like a hug for the soul. I'm talking about coffee. No, I'm talking about honor. When we honor those that we are in relationship with, our spouse, our girlfriend, our boyfriend, our family, our kids, our friends, any relationship, it minimizes the room for the stuff that tends to cause brokenness within our relationships, and it displaces it with honor. Honor fills that space. And here's the result. It is hard to gossip about somebody when we're trying to honor them. It is hard to stay angry with somebody when we're trying to honor them. It's hard to walk away from somebody when we're trying to honor them. And I think this is an important message for the church at large. And I think this is an important message for, for any Christian to really grab a hold of, to understand that, that it's not good to spend our time in the trenches of, of, of thinking about and complaining about what everybody else around us is doing wrong. And instead, we spend our time trying to honor the people around us. Like imagine what would happen if you think of all the people in your life right now and, and, and then think of some of the ones that you have some tension with. What would happen if you tried to honor them with everything in you? You tried to honor them. You see, our passage says to take delight in honoring others in honoring each other. Other translations say, outdo yourself in honoring one another. So what does this mean? It means this. It means that we should esteem, respect, and love each other so much that we would go out of our way looking for ways to show both the person that is a recipient of our honor and the people around us just how much we respect, esteem, love that person. Here's how this plays out. When you're with the person that you want to show love for and love and show honor towards, you, you get an opportunity to actually show them with your actions. But then when you're not with them, this is as important and you're around a bunch of other people and their name comes up, you seek to make sure all of these people know just how much you esteem, respect, and honor that person. And guess what happens? When that little gossipy thing comes up, well, you just shut it down because they're not gonna gossip around you because you wanna honor that person. You see how that works? Imagine if that was the culture we started to create in our families. Imagine if that was the culture we started to create in every setting at work with our friends. 
that like honor ruled the day. And we sought to love people like that. Would you think that would change something? I do. I do. Honor is a public action. It starts in private, but it flows into public. So here's something important that we need to understand. How we talk about the people we say we love. And oh, this is convicting for me. How we talk about the people we say we love says a lot about how much we actually love them. So we should be careful that what comes out of our mouth is honoring. That's why you see all through the New Testament things that say, don't let unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only that which is edifying, which basically means don't let junk come out of your mouth, especially about other people. Instead, only what's encouraging. Because we can say we love someone all we want, but unless our actions follow our words, they're just that. They're just words. So this passage gives us a challenging task. To not just say nice things to people, but actually show it and out of the overflow of God's work and love in our hearts that it would overflow. We would take delight in honoring the people around us because we would carry love, genuine love for them in our hearts. This is not a passive endeavor. It's action heavy. It takes work. It takes working on ourselves and overcoming some of our own offenses so that we can love the people around us well. So in closing, I'm going to invite our worship team to come back up. Here's what I want you to do this week. I want you to be intentional with your relationships. I want you to be intentional with your relationships. And so, but I want to give some priority to some of your relationships this week. If you're married, I want you to focus on the person you are married to this week. If you're in a dating relationship, I want you to focus on the person you're in a dating relationship with. If you're not in a relationship like that, I want you to pick a friend. And it can be the closest friend or it can be another friend that is fairly close. You choose. But I, but I want you this week to think of an intentional way to make a deposit into that relationship. And here's the assignment. I want you to get creative. Like, don't just take like a minute and be like, oh, well, I checked it off my list. I did what Travis said. No, no, no. Like, like give some thought to this. Give some energy to this. Give, give some creative thought to this. If you're married, like whisk them away on a weekend away. Or, you know, say, honey, I'm going to take the kids and you, here's 50 bucks, go have fun. If you don't have 50 bucks, give them 10 bucks. I don't care. Like just get them out of the house and let them have fun. Whatever you want to do. If it's a friend, maybe take them out to lunch and say, hey, I'm, I'm buying today, but I, I want to know, how are you doing? How are you doing? Make it about them. And make it important in a way that would matter to them. And so this week, I want you to get intentional with your relationships.
So in closing, I, I want to have you guys stand up. I'm going to invite, we're going to have our ministry team come down the front here. Um, here's what we're going to do to kind of close out our service. I have something specific that I feel like God wants to kind of highlight this morning. Uh, and I'll get to that here in a second. But first, we have a list of things. Our, our, our team gets together and prays before uh, the service and, and just ask God, God, are there some things that you want to highlight this morning that we could be praying for? And so ministry team is here available to pray for some of those. And so if you identify with anything on the screen here, we want to invite you to come up during this next song and get prayer. And we're going to pray during the song, but then we can stay up here as long as you need, and that can carry over into the end of the service. We'll bring the service to a close. Um, but here's the thing that I feel specifically God is highlighting this morning. If you are here and you are in a marriage relationship and there is tension and some brokenness that you're walking through right now, and you're like, God, I don't, I don't know what to do with this. I'm, I'm not sure how we kind of overcome this, move past this. I, I, I don't know. And maybe you've tried some things and, and you've tried to figure it out, but you just haven't gained some ground. And I believe that the Lord wants to bring breakthrough in the area of marriages this morning. So if that's you, man, I just want to invite you to come up. And so what we're going to do is we're going to go into our last song. And anytime during this last song, if you need prayer for anything, specifically marriages or anything on the screen, but really anything, please come down and get prayer. We want to pray for you. All right, let's worship together. Well, that is it for today's message. We thank you for joining us. If you'd like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at thevinegoshen.org. We'll see you next time.